from Wall Street to the White House. This is The Larry Kudlow Show. Welcome back, folks. I'm Larry Kudlow. We're going to welcome to the show your friend, Ambassador Robert O'Brien, former National Security Advisor in the Trump administration, currently chairman of American Global Strategies. Robert, thank you for doing this, my friend. Terrific stuff. I want to, you know, uh, the news out of the Middle East is basically good. The IDF is mopping up Hamas. Uh, they're doing a good job. All our military analysts, I mean, they may be ahead of schedule. And I just had this combined thought, first of all, uh, IDF crushes Hamas. That's a defeat for Iran and will be seen as such. But on the other hand, Robert, I'm still seeing all this hand-wringing from Anthony Blinken and Joe Biden. Blinken was in India. You know, he, he wants a three-day ceasefire and blaming Israel for civilian casualties and all this stuff. Israel's actually doing a pretty good precision job. But, I mean, it's so important to let the momentum continue. I mean, Israel is really making great strides more rapidly. And why in world's name do we have to have this constant hand-wringing, Robert O'Brien? Well, it makes you think about the Hillary, Hillary Clinton days and the good old days when she was Secretary of State. At least she had Israel's back. And uh, I, I think what's happening, I think Tony Blinken's initial instincts were right to support Israel, to do what it had to do to eliminate the threat on its borders. I mean, we've got a situation where we've got psycho serial killers. These aren't just terrorists. They're, they're mass murderers that are living next door to them. I mean, think if you were in a neighborhood and John Wayne Gacy and Ted Bundy and Charles Manson all lived in the house next door to you and were killing your kids. And people said, well, you know, don't, don't, go, don't go shoot them. Uh, just build a bigger wall or give them some food or, or fuel and they'll feel better about things. Maybe they won't kill your kids. I mean, that, that's what Israel's dealing with on a massive scale. And they're doing a great job, as you pointed out. The IDF is a very efficient force. You know, they, they didn't rush in. Hamas thought that they would rush in and get caught in traps. And uh, the Israelis took their time. They planned the operation very well. And they're you know, limiting civilian damages, the collateral damage and civilian deaths. And, and they're going to root these guys out. And that's going to be a big defeat for Iran. But, you know, the, the Democrat Party, as we both know, Larry, has a, a left wing that's both anti-Semitic and anti-American. Gene Kirkcrash would call it the Blame America First crowd but back in the Reagan years. We remember, you know, we remember mm-hmm. Gene. And, and these are the Blame America First, Blame Israel First crowd. They support the terrorists. They support Hamas. And uh, unfortunately, they're putting a lot of pressure on Blinken and, and Biden. You know, it, it would be so much better if Biden and Blinken would be congratulating Israel. I mean, you know, the precision bombing stuff, uh, and Israel had already put up, um, you know, a couple hours a day to get civilian hostages out, to get the, you know, Palestinian civilians out. There were pictures in the papers, you know, of Israel forces accompanying Palestinian civilians with white flags to get them out. They've done that. Uh, the numbers here, I mean, look, war is hell and there are costs, but uh, it's a just war. But a lot of analysts are saying how precise Israel has been. I mean, I, I'd love to see them congratulate Israel, say something nice about them. I haven't heard anything well, I, nice about them since the first couple days. 
And you're right. And keep in mind what happened. There's no moral equivalency here between Israel and Hamas. It's a false equivalency right. being drawn by the left, by these, these radicals. Hamas came in and targeted civilians. They, they tried to kill men, women, children, and then did kill 1,400 men, women, and children, babies, decapitated, families burned alive, wives raped in front of their husbands, and the husbands being killed afterwards. I mean, the most shocking, it was a horror show. Now, Israel has not done that in Gaza. In fact, Israel has tried to, tried to kill the Hamas terrorists that, that perpetrated the attack to bring to justice these killers. And what have the killers done? They've used their own people. Their own, their own civilians as human shields, and, and their goal, mm. it's the first time in history that our army is used, uh, usually armies are, are there to protect the civilian population. This is the first time in human history that an army is using the civilian population to protect itself and drive up to death mm. of Palestinian civilians to, to incur sympathy around the world for their cause. I mean, it, it's, it's outrageous. He's, every person who dies in Gaza their, their blood is on the head of Hamas, not on the head of Israel. The Israelis are dropping, you know, dumb bombs on the, the top of buildings to let people know that the buildings can be targeted and give them time to get out. It's dropping leaflets mm. to tell the civilians where they're going to attack next. I mean, we don't do that. No, no army in the world does what Israel does to protect human life because that's a Judeo-Christian value and it's a Judeo value, value of Judaism that uh, the Israelis practice because they want to limit human suffering. They want to limit civilian casualties, and yet the, the far left claims are, they're involved in genocide. I mean, it's just a, it's a sickness. It's, it's anti-Semitic. It's a, it's a real terrible thing that we're seeing. Yeah, well said, Robert O'Brien. Well said. Um, Wall Street Journal editorial today, Iran is not impressed by America's airstrikes. You know, there's this business, they've hit us 50 times, Iran and their proxies, and we've just had a couple of pinpricks, and I don't know why and I talked to Keen about this uh, on the show uh, yesterday or Thursday, whenever. You know, why don't we hit back? Why don't we hit back harder, Robert O'Brien? Look, there's been a philosophy with the, this administration, and it goes back to the Obama administration where President Biden served as vice president, where all his diplomats served, Lincoln and Sullivan, all these guys served in the Obama administration. They really believe that the key to Middle East peace is Iran. And they, they believe they can change Iran if they, if they just give the Iranians enough money, enough respect, show enough restraint that the Iranians will, will go from being these theocratic killers who you know, hang gays and lesbians from, from cranes and throw them off buildings and, and slaughter women who don't want to wear hijabs. I mean, for a, for a group that in the White House that claims to be so pro-women and pro-LGBT, they, they, they just want to make friends with the most anti-women, anti-LGBT regime in the world. That it, it's also anti-Semitic, hates Israel and hates America. But they, they think that if they reach, as President Obama said, if they reach out their hand, Iran will unclench their fist and uh, give them six billion in ransom here, seventy billion in sanctions relief there, one hundred and fifty billion, and they'll, they'll take it and build a middle class in Iran. The Iranians that they're friends with here, the, who are great Americans and, and came over after the Shah fell, are not the same Iranians who are in, in charge of you know, the, the government, the regime in Tehran. And, and they just need to learn that Iran's not that into us. They're going to continue to kill us, kill our soldiers, injure them, and try and drive us out of the Middle East, and then try and take over the entire Middle East. There's, there's no negotiating. There's no compromise with the, with the Iranian regime. It's brutal. It's thuggish. And uh, wants to conquer the Middle East and, and kick us out. And, and until the Biden administration understands that, we're not going to have any change in policy. But even today, even after the Hamas attacks, 
even after the attacks on our, our soldiers, sailors, airmen, Marines in the region, they're, they're still reaching out, trying to trying to somehow reach an accord with the Ayatollahs and the Mullahs. And it's not going to happen. They're just not that into us, Larry. Yeah, they're just not that into us. You're absolutely right. Um, you know, you tr the Trump national security team took out Soleimani, told the Mullahs you had their cell phone numbers. I mean, Iran didn't strike back because they were broke. But that's the other point. Uh, the the billions keep pouring in. There's, the sanctions are still, at this point, nothing has happened. No ships have been interdicted or impounded. They're still selling uh, three and a half million some odd barrels of oil a day. Most of it going to China. They've still run up their foreign exchange reserves. We've done nothing to punish Iran during this period. Iran's gotten rich, Larry. When we left office in a large part because of your efforts uh, and those of the Treasury, we Iran had $4 billion in foreign currency reserves. They could barely operate their economy. Today they have $70 billion in foreign reserves. They're, they're rich. Iran's gotten rich. In three years, it's become a very rich terrorist country. And what do they do with the money? They, they give it to the Houthis in Yemen to launch missiles in Saudi Arabia and UAE and, and Israel, our friends. They give it to Khatib Hezbollah in Iraq to kill American soldiers and injure them. They give it to Hamas to slaughter Jews. They give it to Syria and Bashar al-Assad's regime. They develop nuclear weapons. They develop ballistic missile programs. None of this money that they're getting is going to the Iranian middle class or to help the people of Iran. And and this has all happened in, in, in just three years. And so it's it's been an abject failure. And uh, it's, it's, it's got to stop. We've got to go back to Eastern strength. We've got to stop. We've got to put maximum pressure back on the Iranians or, or they're just going to continue this malign activity. You think they're talking right now? Keen Keen mentioned this on the show. He's, I mean, he was uh, up in arms about it the way you are. Um, and Keen said, well, he didn't know if they were talking to Iran. Um, I don't see any evidence that they're talking to Iran. I mean, Blinken is, you know, flying all over the world doing his best imitation of Henry Kissinger's shuttle diplomacy. But there's no evidence. There's no discussion. Qatar, yes. But Iran, I mean, you think there are conversations going on between the United States well, and Iran right now? Yeah, the, the good news is Rob Nally, who is the biggest appeaser of Iran, and yeah. is such an appeaser he'd make you know Neville Chamberlain blush, <laughs> uh, is out of, out of office. So that's good news. But all of his people are still there, hmm. and they've been talking to Iran. They talked to Iran when, when they were out of office. When President Trump was there, we found out that John Kerry and others were talking to Iran. Hmm. John Kerry is close to the Iranians. Uh, you know, the, the, the whole administration has had this. Not only have they talked to Iran, they begged Iran. They, they get on bended knees to the Iranians and beg them to come to talks and, and 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 engage in negotiations. They pay them to engage in negotiations. They they pay them massive ransom payments for hostages. So it wouldn't surprise me at all if in Switzerland or in Qatar they're talking to the Iranians. But if they're not talking directly to the Iranians, they're telling the Swiss and they're telling the the Qataris to please have the Iranians come back to the table. I mean, it's this unrequited love that I don't understand with the Democrats. They've got this this fixation and fascination with Iran and then just believe they can change them. And mm. as we know, you know, you can't change people. And uh, mm. at least you can't change the Iranians. And this, this it, it, it actually makes us look pathetic and weak. The Iranians sense that, and they continue to, to target our soldiers. They continue to target Israel. And they continue to target our allies in the Gulf. And until we stand up to them, that, that activity is not going to change. I mean, uh, you know, the political scientist Walter Reed, Muscle, uh, Walter Reed Russell, uh, who writes for the Wall Street Journal, some great columns. I mean, he, 
He said Iran is unappeasable. They're unappeasable. You can't buy them. They don't, you know, money doesn't mean anything. They just use it for more terrorist war. Uh, deterrence is what's necessary. And yet, where's the deterrence? Oh, there's, there's zero deterrence. The only deterrence we got is the Israelis. And this goes back to the top of your question, Larry. The Israelis are doing a great job. They're going to take out Hamas. Yeah. Iran has, has two, big, two big points of leverage against Israel, Hamas and Hezbollah. And they, they overplayed their hand. They never thought the Israelis would show the resolve that they had. To get, they, the Iranians totally misjudged the judicial protests in, in Israel and thought that Israel was divided and wouldn't rally and wouldn't be able to take out Hamas. The Israelis are going to take out Hamas root and branch, which they've shown, and they're going to get, get it done very quickly. Hamas is going to be totally neutralized. And then it's no surprise that Hezbollah is now saying, hey, wait a minute. You know, we're not doing anything. We're not, we're not dictated to by Iran. We're not going to, we're not right. going to get the war with Israel because right. they don't want the, they don't want the same thing to happen to them up in Lebanon that's happening in Hamas right now. And, oh, great and point. So great the, point. So the, the deterrence that we're seeing is coming from Israel, not from the U.S., which is sad. Yes. And, uh, the U.S., the U.S. probably tell the Iranians that they, they bomb one more time if their proxies bomb one of our bases or kill one of our soldiers or contractors in the region. They're going to pay a heavy price. That's the only thing the Iranians understand. The reason they can't be appeased, Larry, is they've got a messianic ideology. They want to usher in the return of the 12th Mahdi. That's that's their goal. Mm. It's the equivalent of us, those of us who are Christian who want the Jesus Christ to return to the earth. They mm. they think that if they create chaos in the Middle East, if they export their Shia messianic ideology throughout the region and throughout the world, they can usher in the return of the 12th Mahdi. It's very difficult to negotiate with, with people that have that view. These aren't, you know, they're not rational human beings. They're, mm. you know, they're, they're, they're driven Indeed. by a religious fervor that can't be appeased. And so until the Biden administration and their diplomats understand that, we're not going to be, you know, we're, we're not going to have any success in the region. What they do understand is they understand maximum pressure. And they mm. understand that the United States of America isn't going to put up with our soldiers being killed. And we'll take, we won't bomb an abandoned ammo dump. That they, they they laughed about. Instead, they'll understand that. Uh, Let's take a break. Take the kind Let's, of action the Trump administration took, and, and Let's you know, take they, a break. They, 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 Let's take a quick break. We, I need you for a couple more minutes on the other side of the break, folks. Ambassador Robert O'Brien, former National Security Advisor during the Trump administration, he's now Chairman of American Global Strategies. We need him back in office to to solve these problems. I'm Kudlow. We'll take a quick break and come back. Might even ask him a question about these meetings coming up with China. Oh my God, Biden and Xi, China. What's going to happen there? I'm Kudlow. We'll be right back. Larry Kudlow from Wall Street to the White House. This is the Larry Kudlow Show. Welcome back, folks. I'm Larry Kudlow on Veterans Day. We are talking to Ambassador Robert O'Brien former national security advisor in the Trump administration, now chairman of American Global Strategies. Robert, um, it's a scary thought at this point in time, but President Biden will be meeting with China President Xi this coming week, I don't know, Wednesday, Thursday in San Francisco. And um, I just kind of wonder if Taiwan's going to come up. I don't know. Biden is so afraid to pick a fight on any subject. China, by the way, financing Iran and this war by their oil purchases. I don't know whether Biden will mention that, like interdict ships or impound ships. 
And then there's the question of, is the United States strong enough? Do we have a strong enough Navy? I know that's a subject that interests you. Can you give us a little bit of a look-see at these uh, China-U.S. talks? Well, what worries me is that we're going to go back to the appeasement toolkit that uh, the Biden administration loves. We tried to appease the Taliban and it ended up in a catastrophic withdrawal from Afghanistan. We tried to appease Putin. We gave him Nord Stream 2. We shut down our own Keystone Pipeline and gave Putin Nord Stream 2. Told him if he just made a minor incursion into Ukraine, that would be okay. And what did we get? We got a war in Ukraine. We tried to appease Iran. Paid him $6 billion for hostages. And within you know three weeks of that, 200 Israeli and American hostages were, were taken by Hamas. And Israel was invaded. And now we've got China watching this thing saying, hey, wait a minute. Russia invaded Ukraine, no consequences economically. You, you and I called for the sanction of the Russian Federation Central Bank before the invasion mm. as it to try to deter the Russians. Mm. The, the administration didn't do it. They still haven't done it, even with the whole war raging in Ukraine. The Chinese flooded a spy balloon across the entire country, stopped and lingered over our nuclear sites, our ICBM silos, our Air Force bases, our submarine pens in Georgia, took pictures, got all the intelligence they wanted. And what did we do? We sent four cabinet secretaries. And so now in the run-up to this meeting with, with President Biden, Gavin Newsom, who may take over for Biden, we don't know, but uh, he certainly wants to, the governor of California, went to China and thought it was acted like it was 19 and, you know, 99 and, uh, hmm. and uh, partied with Xi and told him how you know, we needed to get along with China and everything was great between the two countries and didn't bring up the Uyghurs, didn't bring up the democracy protesters in Hong Kong didn't bring up the threats to Taiwan, uh, didn't bring up Tibet and the Dalai Lama and the genocide there. And uh, and now we've got Biden going in on the heels of his cabinet secretaries going to Beijing and making pilgrimages. We saw your friend Janet Yellen uh, like a bobblehead to, to Xi when she met him. You know, I think she bowed to him six six times. And he, 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 he isn't going to get that from his Communist Party guys who wanted promotions. And... Uh, you know, so so the, the tendency of this administration is total appeasement. And so I worry going into the APEC summit in San Francisco and the, the bilateral meetings on the sidelines of that with Xi that you know, Biden's going to go back to the appeasement handbook. And we know what appeasement mm. leads to. It leads to it's, it's temporarily popular. It gives you some temporary relief. But as Churchill said, that the consequences travel with you long down the road. And the, and the cup that you eventually have to drink is much more bitter than the one you'd have to face if you just, mm. just stood tall and stood your ground against these authoritarians and dictators. Um, two things on this. That was a good rundown, but two things. One is this point that China is buying Iranian oil uh, and thereby financing the terrorist war. I mean, China's hands are very dirty here. We haven't done a bloody thing about it. We've never... Our, you know, Biden administration, diplomats, Blinken, uh, Blinken floating now. He was in India, South Korea. He didn't say a word about that. Not a single word about that. Uh, and the other thing, Robert, is uh, military preparedness uh, and the issue of what would we do? Are we in any posture to uh, defend, you know, I mean, the sea lanes uh, throughout that area are so important to world commerce. Do we have the Navy to do that? Well, your first question is not just the, the Iranian oil sales to China. Just a that minute, are one minute the, left. The, the, the Iran war. 
it's the Iranian, it's, it's the Chinese purchases of the Russian oil. It's keeping yes. Russia afloat. China, yes. China is literally keeping Russia afloat in the fight against Ukraine and keeping Iran afloat in the fight against the U.S. and Israel. And, and they are going after the U.S. So the Chinese have very dirty hands here. They're, they're supporting them. And it, and it ties into your question about Taiwan, because if, if they can tie up enough U.S. military forces, and we've got two carrier groups now in the Middle East, that leaves things wide open for, for Xi to take Taiwan. So we've got to be very careful and watch, keep an eye on what's happening. And we, we don't have the military we need. We don't have the Navy we need to search the Chinese. And mm. he's watching us and he's, he's occupying us in other areas. And I, I'm very concerned about Taiwan. All right. Robert O'Brien, thank you ever so much. Former National Security Advisor for Trump, American Global Strategies. I'm Kudlow, folks. We'll take a break. <laughs> 